Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to another edition of the Coffee Cast with Cation and Ruben, powered by Behind the Racket. Mike Cation joined by Noah Rubin. And Noah, I, I, it's great to see you right now. I think a lot of people were wondering how the elbow is doing. You talked about it last week, that it's a, a bit of an issue right now. So where are you at with that? Yeah, it's tough. Uh, <laughs> I guess I wasn't used to playing that many matches in the two weeks. And I guess my body wasn't either or whatever it might be. So it's a stress reaction. That's what we're calling it. Um, I think that's a made-up word for I'm a wimp. Uh, mm. But it's what I'm dealing with right now. Hopefully, hopefully one more tournament for the rest of the year. Maybe a Houston slash Champagne, because I have to say that for you. Yes. And Kathy Hug. And, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's very possible the season's over, um, which is tough. Uh, it's tough for, you know, I, I know a lot of other people are dealing with these issues around the end of the year. I know Bjorn has some things and, you know, it's just, it's, you know, when you build up a little momentum, you want to finish off the year strong and it's not really allowing that. So, you know, I'm doing what I can and obviously trying to utilize the time such as podcasts and behind the racket, everything else involved with that. And, but it's, uh, it's tough because I actually, I miss it. I miss it a lot right now. You eat. So what we're getting at is that your body likes you better as a loser. Yeah, I was so much more comfortable playing a match a week. <laughs> it's amazing how that but, happens. Yeah, so uh, no, playing, uh, luckily there was no cramping involved, which we kind of were getting over those issues that I was dealing with. But again, you know, once you get past one thing, tennis throws another thing at your face. So uh, it's something to deal with. Um, and I'm also trying out a few new rackets just to take a little pressure off the arm a little more. Okay. Maybe suited to my game style. Like wooden? Uh, we'll see. Rackets. Wooden. Yeah. Full, fully wooden. Yes. Yeah, that's... Yeah, some are made of graphite as well. <laughs> oh, I have a few of those somewhere. <laughs> you have a few. <laughs> somewhere in my bag. Well, I yeah, that's, that's obviously, I think, the big concern for a lot of people. It, it's been fascinating over the last few weeks just starting to hear from more and more people um, and how how concerned they are about you and your career. Um, and I, I'm, I'm wondering, so I, as I see you, and our, our listeners obviously can't see that, but you're not, you're not getting that in the same way that I am. Not quite. I mean, I'll get mm. a few messages. Um, what do you mean concerned in my career? Concerned of the trajectory or, or my injury? I think, I think people, <laughs> I, I, having heard from some listeners via email, Twitter, also some people that I've talked to in person, People know that it's been a hard year for you mentally yeah. and obviously now physically. And I, I think it's it's been fascinating for me to kind of see that people are really very concerned about you and wanting to see you succeed. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> I'll definitely take it. But I mean, I, I do have to say that weirdly, even with this injury, I'm probably in the best place I've been. Hmm. Um, the more I'm the most motivated I've been, regardless of being able to play tournaments or not. You know, I'm you know, I'm having my preseason schedule now we're down right now. I'm excited to start off the year. I'm excited to get everything going and do it and, and start a year on my terms, like with the way I want it and, and not go into, you know, May depressed and <laughs> full of anxiety. So, 
you know, it's it's been tough. And obviously, when they throw another curveball, such as an injury um, physically on you, it, it is tough. And then watching a, a Medvedev go through about 89 to- tournaments in a row with, if I see these tweets one more time with final trophy, second trophy, win. And I'm like, guy's yes, a legend, I, man. I really like the guy, too. But did he ever learn to share? The guy's a legend. He is a legend. He is a flipping legend, man. He is unbelievably good. <laughs> I mean, and I love it. And Zverev was in an interview, and they're like, uh, you know, what do you say to people who think he's a boring tennis player, you know, that whole thing? And I was like, boy, I couldn't think of somebody, like, less boring. I mean, the guy's just ripping side to side. He's moving. He does weird shots. I mean, I think he's actually fairly exciting as a tennis player, but... Everybody's going to have their say, especially when somebody comes and takes over like that, you know, outside yeah. the big four. But, uh, no, that's, that's a good effort by him. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, to, like, the, the big picture perspective of, you know, Zverev finally kind of at the end of the year really clicking in after Federer swore at him um, <laughs> a few weeks ago. Uh, Medvedev, obviously, what an incredible year he's had. And, you know, big picture-wise, you think about next year, is it finally the year for the next group of players to start winning a couple of those slams? So I, I think the way this is finishing this year is really setting up for a fascinating 2020. Um, and I'm pretty excited about that. On top of it, Coco Goff winning her first title uh, in Austria over the weekend as a lucky loser. Pretty insane. Yeah, pretty it, insane. it really is. And I know she had, I believe, an Instagram story just saying, you know, for all the doubters, uh, you know, look what I can do. And I, I, I find myself thinking, who the what hell the is doubting Coco And she seems really sweet. I know her a little bit, but I'm sorry, Coco. I don't know if you have doubters. No chance, man. I think everybody thoroughly believes maybe maybe they were questioning if it was going to happen in 2019 if you were going to win a title. That's maybe the only doubter you right. could possibly have. But I don't. I think everybody believes in you. Yeah, is, everybody is fully on board in terms of the fact that she is she is there. She's capable. Um, yeah, you know but who I believe in more though. Who? Mike C. Tennis, <laughs> getting his debut. Yeah, uh, how was that on ESPNU? Yeah, no, it was a big deal. Um, oh, question though. Yes. Why don't you dress like that all the time? Like this should be a thing. I don't know why this is not even. That should be mandatory USA events. Yeah, my my suit game is poor. Um, <laughs> that's like. That's like my suit. It's like the the wedding suit. It's the funeral suit. It's the ESPNU suit. I think one of the last times I wore that was at my grandmother's funeral. Um, So it's gone through the ringer. (laughs) ESPN, (laughs) if you're listening. Uh, Yeah, I I need to work on that. My friend Glenn, I'm sure, is extremely disappointed that that's what I wore. Um, (laughs) But I was told I needed to suit up. Big picture, I mean, listen, when I was six, seven years old, I was watching ESPN SportsCenter uh, at 6.30 every morning before school. Like, that's mm-hmm. weird for a six-year-old. Instead of, like, watching, I mean, it was Bozo the Clown uh, that I could have <laughs> been watching, but I, I watched SportsCenter. So to have my one shot on ESPN, uh, uh, what it meant to me is something I can't even summarize to you. It, First it is, of many, by the way. But that you. is just incredible. I mean, that it was exciting as your partner not in all ways but it is exciting to see you up there doing your thing and and you know 
getting the appreciation that's necessary for all the hard work. But yeah. I mean, I, I can only imagine. I mean, that's that's like playing on a, a labor stadium to be on ESPN. That's what people dream of. So yeah, it was a big really deal, cool. and I'm I'm really appreciative of the ITA for trusting me with that. Um, with Mark Bay, who was the color commentator for the week. Um, yeah, it it meant a lot. It felt really good being able to just do it, know that I'm comfortable enough to do it. Uh, the the intros, the outros, the trophy ceremony. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. And uh, yeah, thank you to everybody who reached out on Twitter, on Instagram. It was that was really cool, and I'm I'm really thankful for the opportunity. And hopefully, some more things come of it. But I'm also really excited to get back to the USTA Pro Circuit in a couple weeks. Like, oh yeah, super excited to be down in Charlottesville in a couple weeks. Actually, no, I'm like, actually excited. You can get some pictures, fans, of uh, Mike and I at the Apple Orchard. It's going to be really cute. <laughs> Just keep an eye out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I like uh, the the desire I have right now to get back out on onto the road and and do some work in Charlottesville and then Knoxville and Champaign. I'm, you know, it might not happen. Uh, I might be a little bit tired by the time we get to Champaign, but you know. It's, it's really exciting to get back to it, and um, I'm looking forward to it in about a week and a half. The Coffee Cast, of course, is brought to you by New Balance. Go visit them at newbalance.com. We want to talk about two different issues. Uh, one that's been kind of talked about on, on Twitter, on Tennis Twitter, and, and that is some of the new um, the travel allowance and the new housing requirements um, at the challenger level and know if you can kind of walk us through some of the changes that you're going to see as a player in 2020 yeah. and how they affect you. Um, I know Paul Timmons uh, among others um, pointing this out to us on Twitter last week. Yeah. So before housing became an obligation for tournaments, you know, this past year, the tournaments that did have plus H were forced to have, five days minimum per, uh, per person that were in the tournament. So, which meant that if you played, you know, main draw singles of an event, you automatically had five days paid for you. And that's at a tournament that was plus H. A lot of people saw those tournaments. And then once all tournaments were obligated to be a plus H event, all the challengers were obligated to be a plus H event, then they shortened it to three days. So, of course, if you're still in the tournament, you get more days of housing, but if you lose, you're paying for probably three, four days until you get to the next tournament already. So, you know, I, I think they did the math that it was actually more, but at the same time, a lot of the American challengers, we already get the housing of, right. of families that are taking us in. So there's just a lot of question. And then um, there was talks about making all tournaments obligated and forced to pay five days per player. And that's what we're waiting for. And it happened. And it, it really is great. I mean, this is the direction that we need to go in. Um, five days ensures that you can kind of make your way into the next week where you're not really paying. That Those two extra days help tremendously. You know, on the, on the other side of things, you, you people listening can just imagine how much money that actually costs each tournament to put up all what right now it's, it's 48 players to, and, and, you know, hopefully, whatever, if we change to 32. But it's a lot of players and giving an extra two days per event. So there are already tournaments dropping out because they solely just they can't afford it. They mm. can't afford, especially in some of these really nice areas, they can't afford paying another, you know, $400 per person for those extra two nights. It's just, it's just another expense. And 
Uh, so it's like a it's a two-edged sword where you're just like what do we do in this situation um i say we kind of take the hit for right now and and we evolve i mean these are the areas that we have to just take a few hits and and i feel really bad because i think there are some tournaments that i love going to i i think numio has spoken about that you know i've done fairly well over the past couple years that they probably won't have a tournament there wow that's you know where we stay at is a resort you know so that's it gets very expensive for um you know, for the tournament directors and the people putting the tournament together. And I understand. I mean, that's, that's another, that could be another $5,000, another 10000 whatever well, it is. Yeah, no, I mean, if you think about it just in terms of the basic math, the 48, play, you know, 48 players for right. two extra nights, that's 96 nights. Let's just say even on the lowest side, $100 per hotel room, it's right? 10 grand that's 10 minimum. grand right there. Right. So, I mean, that's a minimum 10 grand extra expense. Which I can assure... It's not, <laughs> right. which I can assure it's not ten grand. So it's, uh, yeah, it's it's sad, but at the same time, I, I think you know we're just we're just a part of minimal evolution. That I said I wanted to take place place a little quicker, but this is this is a start. This is where we have to go to, you know, ensure players are making a little bit of money off the two thousand dollars that they make. You know, where they right. could pocket something. And <laughs> so, and it should uh, be pointed out that. As we're talking about it, and I don't know that necessarily everybody knows this, it is the expense on the tournaments, not necessarily the ATP, the ITF. It is a tournament right. expense versus the organization expense. Right. No, that is that is definitely something to point out. This is this is fully just on the people that put those tournaments together, which is a lot. When you know we already know that a lot of you know the U.S. challengers were struggling to begin with, and now you're throwing another. Ten thousand dollars on them. They're like, we were already searching for ten thousand dollars before you put right. this on us. So, um, you know, I, I think we're going to see a lot of changes in this upcoming schedule. I'm actually curious to see. I'm sure we're going to have tournaments that are just scheduled differently at different times, and and that's just something we're going to have to deal with. So we'll see how this all goes down. But again, I, I think it's a must for players. I think this is where we're going to have to get to. And there was something also in that press release about a travel allowance for players, and I have to admit. I had no idea that there was a travel allowance being discussed. Like and the grant? Yeah, it's what, two, yeah. $4,000, something like that? Yeah, <laughs> and it's weird because the numbers are, they're saying if you're from 151 to 400, I want to say. Okay. Um, yes, you get uh, $2,000 and then another two, I believe, later on. And I'm like, what if you're 149? like Bjorn and I were talking and I'm like we if we are healthy which is I guess at least something we don't have to worry about but if we were healthy and and progressing the way we wanted to god if we saw that this match would put us into like 149 it's okay if it's like 130 130 then you're like that's that's fine I could take the hit there but if you're like 145 I don't know. I don't know how much, you know, that that's, that's a lot of money. You know, they're really upping it, which is nice. Yeah. I mean, we got a few travel grants. I think I got one for seven fifty once, um, here and there, which is always nice to see. Yeah. Um, but, but two K that, that can cover a, a week or two if you play it correctly, which can be really helpful. Um, you know, these are the things that, you know, they don't consider a salary, but I think it's their way of saying, Hey, you know, here's, Something for playing tennis, which we never get anything for just being a tennis player. So it's a, uh, it is nice to see them doing that as well and understanding how important that can be. Um, again, 
you know, there's going to be a learning curve for everything they do, which is always the case. They're like, oh, this didn't work. We're going to move and then move and then move. But at least the thought is they need more money. They need help. Here it is. So yeah, nice I, to I'm going to be putting together for an episode here in the next couple of weeks my actual proposal for what we need to have. I don't know if you follow Andrew Yang, the presidential candidate. His, his basic platform is universal basic income where everybody receives $1,000 a month. Um, okay. And so I'm, I'm going to put together a proposal that's similar for tennis players. Um, Is he going to make one for us? Or yes. No? So I'm going to actually okay. put together a, a proposal over the next couple of weeks, uh, probably over the next two weeks, because I won't have much time while I'm actually broadcasting. But it's something that we're going to talk about here in the next uh, a couple of weeks in terms of an actual him. proposal. Maybe he can help you. I, I think he might be busy. There is a debate <laughs> tonight as, as we're recording this. So but we're the coffee cast. Yeah, well, that's a good point. <laughs> um, I, I don't know whether you want a national audience or like 12 people on Twitter. Um, Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The, the big thing we wanted to talk about today, and this is a, another thing that when I talked a little bit earlier, Noah, about the idea that people were concerned about you um, and wanted to know about your health and well-being is I think there we might come across as a little bit on the negative side here um, about all or the cynics. things that one, we would like to see fixed within the sport. And right. we maybe haven't done necessarily enough to talk about what the sport has brought us. So today – we're going to talk about what we're grateful for in the sport of tennis. Yeah. A, I'm a rare little sad departure we didn't save from this for the negativity like of New York. <laughs> I am sad we didn't save this from Thanksgiving. And, yeah. you know, I will because she'll love it. I'll shout out my mom for, for um, you know, thinking of this theme for today. Yeah. And I think it's definitely a necessity. And, and, and at times we've prefaced certain things um, – with <laughs> can you move your cat please yeah i can't she's <laughs> she's blocking our viewpoint she's very excited to be part of the coffee cat i'm grateful for my cat <laughs> but no but at times um you know we've prefaced prefaced it with saying you know everything we say comes from a place of love and we we want all these changes cuz we love the sport and we've dedicated but again i don't think people know just how much we love the sport and why we love it and why we are dedicating our our life to it and you know i'll start out with the question I get all the time, all the time, and that is, <laughs> God, you missed out on a childhood. Like, aren't you really mm. upset about that? Like, you know, there you you didn't have the opportunity to really enjoy college, enjoy high school, you know, enjoy elementary school. And I'm like, do you know what I went through? Do you know? Do you know the people I've met? Do you know the things I've experienced? I mean, I started traveling internationally my first tournament and without my parents when I was 11 years old. Really, without uh, your parents? 
without my parents, I went to Canada. I know it's an easy trip, but I went outside the the confines of the United States um, without without family with Daniel Kurzerman, shout out, and Taylor Townsend also. And we, um, you know, that was just the first experience outside. And then, you know, a year and a half later, I went to uh, La Petitas in mm. France and, and, and the pre-tournament Bolton in England without parents as well. So I'm becoming a person at such a young age while also experiencing these incredible venues and cultures and festivals and just I'm thrown into a world that nobody can even imagine. And, you know, what that has set up for the rest of my life and what that has, and how that made me the person I am today, I can never repay. And that's why I know how incredible of a sport tennis can be. I mean, you know, I was playing uh, Quinton Halise in the finals of La Petitas, and I lost one and two. And I look back at these pictures where I'm hysterical crying but I had 3,500 people cheering against me, and it was just mm. a moment I'll always remember. I mean, stomping when I'm serving, and, and it was just just incredible. So, you know, these are the things I remember, and, you know, to to transform these into, you know, I, again, without my parents, I, I remember one of the ITFs I won was in Costa Rica, Copa del Cafe. We played every match at 10 p.m. at night. Wow. Every match, we're having five thousand people. We have a festival next to us with like these Corona girls, and then these you know all this great food. And I remember this. I mean, clearly, I'm I'm 15 years old playing quarter semis and finals in front of five thousand people going crazy, and it, it's just those are the things that I'm like, wow. Wait, you think I miss like the house party? In uh, Samantha's, you know, house, three three houses that you think right. that's what I'm missing out on? No, I mean, these I became a person with, like, lifelong experiences when I was already 15, 16, and I became part of who I am. And that's something that I can never repay. And that's why I know, you know, if you have the right mentality, if you do everything for yourself, you can truly enjoy this sport to the full capacity. And you know, I, I can never repay for my parents. You know, they had no idea what it was going to, you know, actually equate to. They didn't know what tennis was going to, how the how it was going to affect me in any way. But I still, to this day, have experiences where I'm like, I can never get this outside the world of tennis. Never in a million years. And I know we talk about it too. I mean, you came into the world of tennis, you know, later on than some, yeah. you know, full full force into the world of tennis but you know very well too that it creates an atmosphere that yes the lows are tough and they are low but the highs you will not be able to get them in other platforms and other scenarios and fields i mean that's just what it is i mean i mean how has it been for you i mean on on the other side of things how because you've you know been in the commentator broadcasting field in other sports but but tennis is unique in many ways and you know how's it been for you I think what has been unique and what I'm thankful for with this sport is I have some incredible relationships um, around the world as a result, getting to experience different cultures myself. Um, I, I got started in terms of the professional side in 2002, working as the press aide for the Champagne Challenger, um, getting to meet people who I still have relationships um, with today. Glenn Weiner, who was Michael Moe's coach for a long time. I knew him as a player. 
Um, all these guys who are coaches now that I knew as players then, and, and it's been able to continue to fulfill these relationships over 20 years. Craig Tiley was the head coach at Illinois. And I, that professional relationship that we have continues today, even though he's the CEO of Tennis Australia. I have a, a picture in my house of this is this is one of the cool things I think for me and my job is that so many players have trusted me at some of the most vulnerable moments, yourself included, um, getting to talk to you after some of those tough losses. I have a picture in my house of Amir Delic. I don't know if you know Amir. He played at Illinois, went on to have a, a very good professional career where he got to about 60 in the world was his career high. He lost, I think it was second or maybe quarterfinal round of the Champagne Challenger. And my friend Holly took this picture of the two of us. He and I were just doing this little impromptu interview, me with a little notepad, down in the bowels of the Atkins Tennis Center in Champagne, where he had his hands on his hips. And I could tell how frustrated and upset he was after losing a really tight match. And yet he still gave me that moment. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how honored I am to have and get to experience those moments because outside of professional athletes, very few people get to experience that. And what makes tennis unique is the fact that you don't have the team, right? So you don't have the, the five to 12, 50 other people around you commiserating. And sometimes you just have that unique moment where it's yourself and, and maybe one other person. And I'm lucky to be that other person many times. Um, on top of it, in my other job, when I was working radio in Champaign, I was, I was stuck, right? It's, it's, it wasn't a nine-to-five job. I really enjoyed my job, but it was you know, getting up 4 a.m., working till noon every day. But I, I didn't get to travel. I didn't get to explore. I get to go to Australia every year now. I get to travel the U.S. and get to see. I, I know now that I'm going to be – I'm going to retire in Northern California, I know that now, because if it's still there because of global warming, but that's a different story. But I, I, I know how much I love that area and how much I'd rather – I'd love to have a, a house in Savannah, Georgia now. I know mm-hmm. these things because I, I got to explore and, and see the country and now see the world a little bit. I've been no, to London a, multiple really times. I, I, no, it is. It's, it's amazing. Know, again, I, people always say what I'm missing out on, and I'm like, there, there is nothing. I, I have experienced so many inqu- – and, and the people I've met through the tennis world. And, I mean, uh, you know, my, my family brings this up. I got off the court warming up Rafael Nadal and Arthur Ashe. Hmm. Walked past this guy who said, oh, you really held your own out there. Great playing. And I said, thank you so much. My father said, turn the fuck around. That's Bill Gates. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, here's this guy in cargo pants. And, and I didn't even rec- – I felt awful. And obviously I took a picture. I went back and, and apologized. But she didn't take personally at all. But, you know, things like that have happened numerous times. Tennis brings around some of the most incredible, um, impactful people in the world. And – and I've met them. I've been a part of them. I got to know them. And what you're saying is, you know, with the mere Delic situation is you get to see them in, in these vulnerable states. You get to see them where they're just themselves. You get to know them as people in their darkest and highest times. And you learn these. I know it's funny to bring up life lessons. It sounds so cheesy, but you learn things about the human race mm-hmm. that you would never get anywhere else. And, and I'm on the phone and they're like, uh, who you talk to? I'm like, ah, oh, some guy in Lebanon. They're like, 
oh, is he in the U.S.? I'm like, no, 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 they're in Lebanon right now. And then uh, they'll be in South America. And then I'm talking to another one. That's just no, I don't even bat an eye. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, my girlfriend, Jamie, she's like, do you understand how incredible, like she tries to like put it in perspective. Do you understand how incredible it is just that these are the people you talk to. This is the world you're in. You know, even if you stop playing tennis today, the things that you have gotten from it, I mean, of course it helps that, you know, being successful as a junior and all of that. But at the same time, regardless of if you were one the world in juniors or 150, you grew up, your childhood was unlike anybody else's. You had, and that's when people were like, well, I've been listening to your podcast and hearing the stories like, Do I, should I put my childhood in? And I'm like, the love and the things you'll get from it are more powerful than anything else. Right. Yes, it is a tricky road. It is a financial burden. It is all these things, but you can't put a number on what you receive from all these experiences, from the tournaments, from the friendships. And that's why we keep going. That's why we put all the love into tennis. On top of it, you know, you obviously are pretty unique with how, how talented you are and the success you've had. For younger kids, and I, I'm among the, the players who did not make it as a pro, right? But what it's taught me, what the sport has taught me is just that individual lesson of you get out of it what you put into it. Um, and I, I think that's so true with the sport of tennis because ultimately, you know, yes, I don't necessarily have the unique talents that you have that you were graced by God to have, except for the height. But, um, sorry, that, that's the thing is I, I put into it a lot. I got out of it a lot. And then I continued to put things into it because I learned with the sport that I, whatever I put into my career, whatever I put into my personal relationships, I'm going to get out of it. And I learned that with the sport of tennis. Um, and no, I think it's, it's very true. It's, it's one of those unique ones that it, golf, I think, is the other one. If you're on a soccer team, yes, you can work your butt off. But ultimately, the coach might say, I think this guy fits my, my, my team better. This guy mm-hmm. you know, fits my 4-4-3 my four, four, a little bit better than you do. And so you have that little personal whatever it might be, the conflict with coach. Tennis, it's so unique. You put into it, you get out of it what you put into it, right? So it's I taught think, me a lot. Yeah. No, it is. And, and Stokowski said it too. He's like, with all the problems we're facing in tennis and the, all the things I'm trying to change – there is something to be said that if you win, you win. Yep. <laughs> if you win the match, you win the match, and that and you move on. And and also just you are who you are in those tight situations on the tennis court. Yeah, you can learn lessons and, and get better. But I mean, you truly find out who you are as a person, how you react to situations, how you can problem solve. And and it's funny. I mean, you know, all sports say yes, our sport is the best for life lessons. But you know. To be on your own in an arena like this where you're competing against somebody else who can't touch you, but it's a mental and physical battle with yourself and an opponent. I mean, it is one of the greatest metaphors for life in sports, I think. I I don't know if you can get as close to that. So, again, I mean, obviously my parents helped me become the person I am. I helped myself become the person I am today. Tennis created who I am today. It was an outlet. You know, when my parents were getting divorced, it was an outlet for me. That is where I went hmm. to be myself. That is where if I play an hour of tennis, I'm not saying grinding for five, but if I my dream day 
starts with an hour in tennis. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what it is. My I want to be out there playing the sport. I want to hit that ball because that's where I am my best self. I'm my best self on the tennis court. So when people say, you know, why are you so negative? Yeah, you know, it may come off negative, but we are putting our full passion and support behind us. Do you think we wouldn't do this if we didn't love the sport of tennis full, yeah. wholeheartedly? No, it's because we do love it and we want to see it grow because we know how influential and important tennis can be to the growth of a person, to the love and, and to just add to their life and benefit it that we want to make it an even better situation for them. So that's where we are today. And that's why I think I'm going to keep fighting and, and helping the people who are a part of it, who, you know, whether it's the players, whether it's the fans and tournament directors and volunteers, we have to make it a better situation for everybody involved so it can affect more people. So everybody can have a little piece of what you and I went through so they can have these stories. And going back to your original point of missing out on a childhood, missing, missing out on teen experiences, it's been pretty neat over the last couple of weeks, unfortunately, you being injured, but you being at home, seeing you go out with, with friends that you've had uh, for so long. I, I know Max, your, your close friend, um, there's, there's some pictures of him. I, I don't know how he got a girlfriend lately. That's uh, remarkable. It's a good effort. Yeah. yeah um, but, but seeing you go out with the, this, this guy you've known for your whole life and other pictures of, of different friends, I, I think that's the thing is – Finding that balance is really important um, for a younger kid to make sure that you're not just sucked into it. No, it is true. And, and you know, Fabrice Santoro spoke about the bubble and, and just and actually found a Ray Lewis quote. You know, I don't know how I feel about him as a person, but this quote for somebody who was just an animal on the field, he quoted that um, we should stop glorifying the workaholic. We yeah. have to represent and and – you know, commemorate the people that are finding balance between the work life, um, the relaxing life, and the family life. And and that really resonated with me because that's what I want to do my whole – that's why I didn't go to Florida when I was 12 years old. That's why I tried to stay home as long as possible. That's why I still have a few friends um, from my childhood, and that's why I've had this balance that, you know, I've tried to escalate a little bit more, but – it's, you know, you have the saying that everybody wants to play nine hours of tennis and that's what you have to do to become the best. There's a balance somewhere. There's something you have to do to make sure that your happiness is there and aligned. And, uh, yeah, it was weird going out with friends. Uh, you know, I had one glass of beer and I'm like, well, that's enough in my stomach right now. <laughs> but, uh, um, you know, it's, it's still to have those friends and to have that life. Um, it almost means more to me because I didn't have the opportunities when I was younger to go out all the time. And then I know how much it means to be with friends and the friends that have been there for me um, my whole life. So, you know, when I got, when I get the opportunity to be with family or friends or a girlfriend, I know how important it is. And, you know, it's, you learn all these things in tennis, you learn time management, you learn um, what you truly love because you have to pick and choose in times because you don't have all, all the time. But again, I, I love the sport, um, you know, as a whole, looking back, if I quit, if I quit now, it's been an incredible experience. So I, I wouldn't have changed a thing. Let us know what you are happy about and what you're most thankful for with the sport of tennis. At Noah Rubin thirty three at Mike C Tennis. Whatever you guys put together through the rest of the week, I'll make sure to put together a compilation. We'll post it on both Instagram and Twitter later this week. So again, at Mike C Tennis or at Noah Rubin thirty three. And I want to close this portion. I'm most thankful more than anything for my daughter. And just a, 
I, I, I've already told Noah this, but so this is just for you guys at home. But the other day, um, I was, I, I'd, we'd FaceTime with Noah a, a few days earlier and my daughter Marnie was playing with these little fuzzballs that we got in this little kit we'd put together where we made a whale and those were little, I don't know, plankton that the whale eats and they were these little tiny fuzzballs. And she was looking down at her fuzzballs as we were taking her to school in the morning and she said, Daddy, can you take these to work? Here's four, and I want to make sure you give two to Noah. So make sure Noah gets these two fuzzballs. <laughs> it was the <laughs> well, yeah, well, She said plankton, right? But make sure <laughs> Noah gets these two, and she called them gray. Uh, and make sure he gets them, okay? And that's the thing. is like I just I did this incredible thing on ESPNU the other day, this culmination for me in, in a way of all this work I'd put together. And then I was just thinking about it as I was driving home, and it's like, my daughter doesn't care. Right. She she wants to just make sure we carve the pumpkin tomorrow. And it just was like, yeah, it's not it's not just about the work. I love what I do. But it's also the fact that I have this incredible thing, this incredible human at home. Um, and, and that's it's made you it's helped made you who you are yes. and then indirectly will help out your daughter. And, you yes. know, that's that's everything that can be said. But um, yeah. So that's what we want to make sure you're a part of it as well. We're going to put together a compilation of all the things you're thankful for in the sport at Mike C. Tennis and at Noah Rubin 33. You are going to go spend some time, I believe, with your girlfriend this week. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, girlfriend and another MRI and see if I have a tournament left in me. Regardless, you might have some. we, we might have some cool things coming up in Charlottesville that yes. we're planning on. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned for that. We'll let you know. And uh, But you, you will be in Charlottesville regardless, so I will – visit because apple orchard well we've got we've got one more week listen i've got a lot of poker uh in me here over the next couple of weeks I, i've been grinding that out as well and making a few hundred here or there <laughs> but got- uh no i'm excited i'm excited for the fall is my favorite time so now charlottesville is not a bad place to spend it and that will do it for another edition of the coffee cast with cation and ruben powered by behind the racket don't forget to visit our sponsor new balance visit them at newbalance.com for Noah Rubin, I'm Mike Cation signing off until next week on the Coffee Cast with Cation and Rubin, powered by Behind the Rocket. <laughs>